right, ladies and gentlemen, again, welcome to another episode of the podcast. We got Brandon, and uh, we are going to talk about today because, like, okay, I, I had this little thing, right? So I want to start with this off with what the fuck is up with everybody putting cheese on everything? Can you can you just explain to me, like, yeah. wh- why do we have to put so, cheese on so many on so many dishes? Like, what's the thing about dairy? Yeah, you know what? Listen, man, I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. The cheese in the ramen, the cheese on this, the cheese on that. I'll, I'll be honest, man. I'm I'm lactose intolerant for sure. I'll never admit mm-hmm. it, but I have a cheese, man. We talked about this before, man. Dairy fucked yeah. me up. But see, I, this is the problem, Casey, is like the younger generation, they presume that this is good, right? It's cheese yeah. all over everything. Listen, I, I went to this food fair, uh, this uh, Bay Area foodie fest or whatever. And mm-hmm. you should have seen the dumbass food I saw as a chef. Like, oh, bro, these trending, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. These trending ass. You know, like there was a couple of good food vendors, but then you, you know, there were some vendors there just specifically there for like you know TikTok trends that are you know they're they're, they're changing things up. They're giving people what they want. But like, I gotta be honest, this is all for entertainment. This is not <laughs> longevity type of food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Um, you know, there was, I, it's funny because as a chef, I picked out like four or five really good food stands, mm-hmm. all of the other ones. I'm like, okay, get out of here. I'm not, no, I'm not eating that. It's like some people eat crap. That is just absolutely ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. like a corn dog that's dipped in hot Cheetos finished with nacho cheese sauce, you know, with, with a pound and a half of butter on it. And yeah. it's, and it's funny and it's entertaining and it's like, it looks good for Instagram, but there's a difference, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and me and you know, like, I would never serve this in a restaurant. Like, no, nope. absolutely not. Like, di- nope. Matter of <laughs> fact, I'm not eating this, man. Like, you know, like, it, it's just it is what it is. We, ha- we have to separate separate ourselves from entertainment. And also, like, super foodie trends. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think that these trends come around. But you know, they don't stay for long, man. You know, they it'll Do come they... in and it comes out. I just feel like I need to I mean, make listen, um... I need to make a video of fucking cheese and just my, my shit will just blow the fuck up. It's because I, I made something I mean, with yeah. cheese. Dude, I'm, so, I'm not going to lie. Piggyback off the trend. Piggyback off the trend. Do it, man. Mm. Like, But at the same time, like we all know, come on, man. Putting cheese in ramen. Come on, man. Come on. Get out of here, bro. Come on. <laughs> come on, though. Oh, I mean, man. listen, I've done it before. I've done it before. And I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. Like I put American cheese, a piece of American cheese on my instant ramen back in the day. But it's because I kind of didn't know what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah but you know what it's all good man these trends come listen i i'm i'm gonna make a video on this like yo for all my young chefs culinarians please do not believe what you see on tiktok okay <laughs> trust me okay because homeboy that decided to rinse the ris- the look the homeboy that decided to rinse the risotto rice missed out on a job opportunity okay oh, because i'm sorry yeah and you know what listen casey it's not his fault it wasn't his fault but like that's true that's you know true. i'm a I'm on, I'm on vacation right now and I needed help with a party and I had to, you know, mm. you know, and the thing is, is just for everybody that's listening, um, you know, I was, you know, this young chef, right. Came to work with me. Right. He seen my work on TikTok, whatever. I'm not going to put him on blast, but, um, you know, I asked him to make a truffle risotto or risotto in general, right. Super simple, easy to do a chef just to see if you can cook. They'll ask you to make an omelet or, you know, a piece of fish or cook a piece mm. of protein. Well, guess what? As soon as I saw him rinsing the rice in the sink, okay, for risotto, okay, listen, I, you know, I was taken aback and I was like, hey, yeah. why are you rinsing that rice? And he's yeah. like, well, that's what I learned on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, 
here, let me let me bring you back to reality. We don't rinse risotto rice, and this is the reason why, because you need the natural starch to develop the creaminess in that risotto. Mm -hmm. And I totally get it. If you if you if you go on the internet and you cook your rice without washing it, you're you're gonna get hammered in the comments. And <laughs> but the thing is, is there's a difference between risotto rice and yeah short grain sushi rice, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and this is why I try to tell people, don't believe anybody you hear on TikTok if they, they don't have the credentials to back it up. Mm. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not right for like a home cook to share their twist on a recipe. But like, man, when you're in a restaurant environment and you do some dumbass shit like that, you're yeah. getting put on the back burner, bro. And you're not getting that job and you're gonna be yeah. humiliated because the restaurant industry is ruthless. ruthless. And I'm telling you, that's Very why you nice. have to you you have to tread lightly you got you have to make sure like if you're learning how to bake you know if you're learning how to be a chef from the internet just be careful with the information that you get you know mm. now did but, you put uh, them yeah. on did you put them on saute for for fucks and giggles is that what it is <laughs> no no basically i needed help with the private event and um you know i needed hands because i didn't want to be like physically i'm, yeah. I'm on vacation so i had to orchestrate mm -hmm. it but um you know it was it was actually very quick you know and listen i hate to say it but you know, my, my decision was made right then and there, like, okay, yeah. no, I need a chef. I don't need a, I don't need a prep cook guy, you mm. know, I don't need, but, um, you know, and, and it is what it is, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this is, I, this is a common error that I see where people believe what they see on the internet or they learn something off YouTube. And mm. I'm like, you know, you have to make, you have to understand that people do this to get views. People make dumb shit to get views. And this yeah. is entertainment. This is not what's in the real world. Right. And <laughs> I felt bad, but like, that's the reason why I want to do what I'm, uh, you know, that's the reason why I try to educate sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Because like mm. me and you have the credentials to back it up. Like, Hey, okay, no, this is the proper way to do something. Do whatever you want. Like, yeah, I'll teach you, I will teach you the proper way. And then, you know, from there you can take the ball and do whatever you want because you learn the proper way. But like, yo, don't let it, you know, don't <laughs> believe what you see on TikTok and translate that to your work environment because you know, it's, it's sucks because like, no, it really does. You know, yeah. And it's unfortunate because I know he was, I know, you know, I know it was embarrassing for him, but at the same time, it was a good lesson. And, um, well, you, you know, met him well, you know, you're, now. you're trying to teach. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I hate that, bro. I used to get screamed at when I was a chef. I don't know about you, but when I was a young cook, man, I used to get screamed at, especially yeah. at Cafe Balloon. Oh my Lord have mercy for no reason, bro. Like top of the lungs screaming. And I remember thinking in my head, like, yo chef, like, you know, honestly, I remember saying this to him i'm like hey chef listen you could just tell me like yeah you don't have to like scream like there's no reason to like just completely lose your shit like you know what it was yeah. he went on my station and he found uh the spit the spinach the stems weren't picked right oh, fuck i used to have here. to pick the stems on spinach this yeah, uh... i used to have to pick the stems on spinach and my argument was like hey chef it's baby spinach so, like you don't have to yeah. like old i remember picking spinach when i was a young <laughs> prep cook when it was big leaves but now they make baby spinach yeah. And, um, you know, and like, dude, Suchef totally lost his mind, totally lost his mind. And I'm like, okay, like, dude, whatever. And I used to make this thing called a spinach soubrique. And it was yeah. like this French classic French dish where I used to lay the leaves out and then I would mm. make a, a spinach custard and I would wrap it. But anyway, like the, the point that I was always, the point I was trying to get across is like, as a chef, I told myself when I become a leader, I am not going to treat people like that. Yeah. And I did for a while. I did for a few years, but I'll tell you what, Casey, I can get somebody to do the same exact job no problem. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is not to go on a ramp, but like you want people to want to work for you, right? Yeah. You, and not be afraid you, of you. You, like you fucking... want to, exactly, man. And Crazy. I'm telling you, I've gotten so much, 
I've gotten so much more with honey instead of vinegar, you know? Mm. My, uh, my favorite this was guy. for salmon. I didn't pick it well enough. Or rather, you know, that little silver skin? He didn't like that. So Chef was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, Chef, I mean, I, I can I can fillet it some more if you want. He's like, no, that's not what we do here. And then just, he just proceeded. And Brandon, the dude is like right here. He's like a foot away from yeah. my face. Ooh. Yelling. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, hey, yeah. we got a salty chef. What's up, Salty? How are you, man? Oh, what's Let's up? Say... What's up, Salty Chef? We got the other guy. Salty in Chef there. in the house, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love Chilling. Salty Chef, man. That's my homie. This is the homie. Yeah, dude. You know what? It's so it's so funny you say that because I remember when Danielle Baloo was yelling, uh, because we didn't drop the pomfrets. frites. Um, oh my god. You know, and, and the hot app guy was just being a he was just being he was just like, you know how sometimes when you get so busy, you're overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this guy, man. And, and, and I was going to drop the fries. Like I'm, I work very well under pressure. Well, some people don't. And the fact that Daniel blue was there, like just made him like fucking freak out, started losing his <laughs> shit. And, uh, and the, sh and the chef was like, Hey, drop the fries. Where's the fries? Drop the fries. And he didn't respond. And chef, and chef said it like six times. And then Daniel blue just runs to the window and like starts pounding his fist, dude. And is like, he told you to drop the fucking fries. Drop the fucking fries. Like just. I could picture him too saying so, that. I think it's fucking. Yeah, and and crazy and like, hey, and and all I did was I reached in the dude's drawer, I grabbed the handful of fries, dropped them in the fryer, and then boom, it's done. Like I'm like, yes, chef, we chef, we chef, we yeah. chef, and I'm and then after after work, I was like, yo, like he was crying like a little bitch, and I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen to what I'm telling you. If you just do the job and say yes, chef, yes, chef, right now, chef. It doesn't right. matter. You can't control how much they're yelling at you. You right. just have to do, you know, do it and boom, it's done. It's over. Yeah. You don't have to argue. You don't have to just say, what is the chef going to say when you say, we chef, we chef. Yes, chef, yeah. right now. Like, he ain't going to say nothing. Hold on, I'm about to, I got to freaking have my earbud. But, um, <laughs> okay, sorry. He my could kick just, you uh, up. Went, he could kick yeah. you out. That's what could happen. He'd be like, fuck out of my line. Next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, bro, I've been through so many situations as a young cook and as a leader, being yelled at as a leader. And I've worked with a lot of French and European people, and they have zero filter, zero. Yeah. Like they just, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the way they the way they speak and the way the dialect works, they don't, they do not beat around the bush. And, um, you know, it is what it is. And I just feel like, uh, you know, nowadays, I don't use that type of leadership style at all. And I, I, I deal with people that fuck up big time you know what i'm yeah. saying like yeah, yeah. literally make mistakes and i'm just like you know what listen this is learn from this and then i hold them accountable you know what i'm saying you have yeah. to hold people accountable especially cooks and young young line cooks like you gotta make sure they don't they know that you haven't forgot about the lesson mm. <laughs> you know that's pretty much it i think like as so, long as you hold them accountable that's that's all that's gonna take yeah no no yelling yeah. needed that's just i, I don't know i don't yeah, exactly yell. man and you can't you can't yeah you can't do that shit anymore mm. yeah <laughs> Imagine throwing Bo, pans. Let's, hey, let's, oh, oh my lord, man! I got like, pants thrown back you at me. His, you, you, you know what I used to do? You know what I used to say? That um, you know, whenever I wanted to relieve stress or if I was you know about to blow up, I would just kick the trash can, kick the shit out of the trash can, just kick <laughs> it. Right? Trash can ain't gonna hurt you. It ain't gonna fight back. It doesn't need a lawyer. Just literally kick the trash can when you. It doesn't need a and, lawyer. And I'm telling you, it, yo. It works, bro. It works. I'm telling you. Like, I'm telling you, kick the trash can, bro. Try it. You, you, like, you get pissed one day, just kick the trash can. Just like, you know. I'll try yeah. it. You know? I'll definitely yeah, try it's, it. it's just, you know, that was that was like my outlet of like, mm. you know, like, I don't know, in a restaurant, like when I used to expo and I would like, you know, lead the line, I used to get so frustrated that the servers and the food runners didn't care as much as I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and you know, 
and what I realized is like, you know, they're not managing this place. They, they are working, they're in college, they're this, they're that, there's so many different, mm. you have to, you know, you have to take in consideration that, you know, they're not ownership. They don't own the restaurant. You know, they're yeah. not managing, you know, they're not like a leader. This is, you know, and this was so frustrating for me because they would like be lollygagging and like, you know, be, they wouldn't take their job seriously. And, yeah. you know, it was very hard for me to navigate that in a serious situation, but it may, it, built me into being a better chef ultimately now uh from a salty i actually do this myself i scream no walking <laughs> yeah that's a good one yeah i, I like did the same chef. shit yes yeah. i did the same yeah. shit oh my god you know what I, i've done that before yeah because like sometimes you get overwhelmed like you get overwhelmed and there's nothing you can do about it except and everybody's looking like everybody Oof, it's rough, but that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. I remember, yeah. uh, actually it was just recently, it was like, it was back uh, last year on new year's and it was, dude, it was rough, man. It was rough, Ugh. man. And, new uh, years. you know, sometimes, so, sometimes the workload is just so overbearing. You're just kind of like, okay, fuck it. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm like a hammer looking for a nail, man. Just <laughs> like, just trying to get the job done. And, um, I was working with somebody who threw the blinis away for the caviar. Oh I, had my no God. Better left. I had a, I had a half tray of blinis okay and we were doing past apps and it was super like you know it was super high it was very high profile event and um mm. you know i was like hey go ahead and start cleaning the kitchen um you yeah. know i'll be back in a couple minutes i'm gonna just go make sure the guests are okay blah 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 and uh you know um um said person asked one of the guests asked for more caviar blinis i'm like yeah no yeah. problem i got you know go go back right now and then i go back no blinis bro like i'm like <laughs> what the fuck happened to this what happened to this? Why did you, who threw this way? And then nobody wanted to fess up, you know, before, before getting, before even getting upset, I just, you know, I start making bleeding batter right away. Yeah. Right. I get it down, get a pan down. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because then like the two other cooks started bickering back and forth, like, oh. because one of the cooks knew that, knew that he threw them in the trash. Mm. And then the other cook then what, you know, and then he goes, and then he's like, he, I could see him through the peripheral vision, like covering up the blinis in the trash can, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, you know what? I ain't got time for that shit, man. We gotta, yeah. we gotta go right here. And so I'm like, hey, stop crying. Just go get the caviar. And yeah. I'm super calm and, and collective. But then I remember after that, I went to walk in and I was just like so frustrated because it was like, you know, <laughs> I was at hour six, I was at hour 16 and a half, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow, it was time for me to, yeah, you know, you know how it is. I do. Who the fuck so. ran out of Bellinis? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, who let's go. I was like, okay, somebody who's away. I'm like, don't, and that's the thing, you know, you don't ever, you don't ever throw away the food. You just set it aside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just set it aside just in case you get a refire. You know what I'm saying? It's not, but anyway, Silly. lesson learned. Now I know from next time. And that's how you move on with, with, uh, you know, chef in it. Did you fire him? <laughs> no, no, I never, I never uh, worked with him again. No. Oh, okay. So low key fired. That's okay. You can say it. Just blink twice. Yeah. If you fired so basically. Him. Yeah, basically, once you get crossed off the list, that's it, bro. There's no coming back. You know, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I put that trust up front, and then that's it. Once it happens, because mm. here's the thing: like when I host events, I need a I need a chef. I need somebody who's who's uh, elite level. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or at least sous chef or or above. And so there's this expectation of grabbing the wheel and being able to just you know cook, yeah. right? And take yeah. direction. I don't want to waste time like showing somebody how to cut lettuce. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it has to be. But anyway, that's, I mean, that's, that's, it is what it is. But once you get crossed out the list, that's it. Game over. Bro, I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I don't know if you can see it on my yeah. arm anymore. Sort of can. I have a really big burn mark right here. So one of my cooks left Ooh. the, the convection oven open. 
this fucker didn't tell me it was open. So I turned around with, I think like two trays of, uh, of like sizzles. I was, I was about to put in crab cakes. He didn't tell me my arm went right into, to the oven. Obviously I dropped the food and I'm like, um, just, just, uh, go away. He was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to tell you right now in the nicest way possible. Uh, your shift is over. Good night. <laughs> he was like, dude, what? I was like, bro, just you're, you're leaving today. He was like, am I fired? I was like, in the nicest way possible, get off the line before I scream at you. You just burn my arm. Yeah, all you have to say yeah. is behind yep. oven open. Like, that's all you have to say. And I, I've, I mentioned this yeah. to him a few times already. It's a habit of his. He's not saying that. People yeah. get burned, whatever. And he just happened to do it to me on a Saturday night. I'm like, you're you're out today. So, yeah. Get the, anyway. yeah, get the fuck out. Like, you know what? You get know what? You know what? Casey, what that makes mean. a good point. Like, there's there's proper kitchen etiquette. You know what I'm saying? If, mm-hmm. As far as working with others. Actually, that's a good TikTok video idea. Mm-hmm. Kitchen it etiquette. definitely is. Like, just the purpose of saying behind or, hey, something's hot. Or knife behind you. Or something. Some yeah. bullshit. You always have to look out for the yeah. next person. It's not just a you thing. You're fucking working with a you. Know, you know what my big, you know what my biggest thing is, is like, yo, clean up after your own shit. Oh clean my up god, after your yes. Own self. Like, I don't want to walk around and see what you prepped. You know what I'm saying? I think it, I think that's a big misconception, especially with newer age cooks. Like, mm. when your station should be 90 degrees, man. You should not have shit everywhere. And mm. like, you know, I, I, in one of my biggest peeves was like, if the fridge was really close to the line, you know, like, you know, bringing the whole walk into your station. And just leaving it and like, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, if you have to get up, if you have to go somewhere and just leaving like the plethora of shit, like too many mm. projects at once, man, used to like, it was just, kind of, I'm like, dude, like you don't need, like, I understand if you want to grab, if you're prepping vegetables and you want to grab like, you know, carrots, celery, rutabaga, mm. parsnip, you know, you grab all your vegetables, but bro, don't grab all your vegetables and then, you know, all your proteins and all your, dude, you're wasting time. Just it really you is. Know, stay focused on the task at hand. Like, you know, like a, a good example is like time management. Like when you're starting sauces, you get the sauces on the stove, you turn that, you mm-hmm. turn it down to simmer, boom. Okay. That task is finished. Then you go start your uh, other meats and plots. But like, bro, the, the, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, they're, what you got to realize is, is your station is a direct reflection of you, you know? Mm, and absolutely. I think that was one of the biggest things. Yeah. One of the biggest things that used to frustrate me as a chef, like, you know, like, listen, if you're working in the pasta station, I don't want to see flour everywhere. You have to work like you were never there, you know? Yeah. Like clean. And, um, yeah. And that's nice the thing. looking like, I, dude, I hate mess. Yeah. Really yeah. Do. Yeah. And it, I mean, now listen, it's different. If you're getting ready for mother's day brunch, you know, and mm-hmm. it's 1130 and you're in the fucking hopper and you know, service starts at 12, bro. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But like, you know, the thing is, is if you build in these good habits over time, over time, you become so much more efficient, you know? Mm. And I think, I think the biggest thing that I want to drive home, especially with what I'm going to do in the future is, you know, um, you know, is like not only the time management, but just the organization of mise en place and setting up and yeah. working task, task completion, right? Absolutely. Task completion. A good example, if I'm making chicken stock for in a restaurant and I'm a prep cook, okay, I have my chicken, right? I'm making my stock. I can get it on the stove, right? I'm, I want to make sure that I'm able to strain, cool it down, and get it in the fridge labeled dated before I leave. So yes. listen, that, that needs to happen at 8 o'clock in the morning. Like I, my AM cooks used to, you know what they used to do, man? They would throw on the chicken stock right before they leave so they didn't have to deal with it. Oh, right? get the fuck And I'm out. like, bro. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, listen, I get it, I'm, and I know this is how we used to do it, but I'm like, yeah. 
this needs to be bottlenecked to one person. One person yeah. needs to be responsible for chicken stock, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You come in, you come in, you start it immediately before your eight hour shift is over. You know, chicken stock is a six hour uh, minimum. You know, like you can get, you can get away with chicken stock depending on if it's whole birds or not, you know, six hours, right? Six yeah. hours is a good time. Nice and flavorful is perfect. And, um, you know, I'm like, you need to get that cool down before eight o'clock and it can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Trust can. Me. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And it's like, you know, because that, you know, it's, it's like, and then the same thing, like if you're, if you're prepping a dish or if you have mise en place, like, you know, don't leave it for somebody else. Don't leave your shit around for somebody else, you know? And then I don't mm. know about you, but like another thing for me was like, uh, the hand sink using the hand sink as a prep sink. Oh no, I don't do that. Bitch, I, mm -hmm. I fucking lose my mind. I used to yeah. hate it and I get it. I get it though, because because here's the thing on the line, on the line, especially in Las Vegas. And I remember uh, losing three points for this from the health inspector. Yeah. They because, had shit uh, on the fucking so, sinks then day. Bitch. I was oh, pissed. <laughs> Somebody poured. Okay. So the health inspector came. We never, with this sink, dude, I was a Nazi about keeping the sink spotless, bro. Yeah. And this guy did, I don't know who did it, but they, their drink was uh, not covered. You have to have a covered drink. Uh, in so anyway, he poured, he pours his jungle juice down the hand sink drain that has like you know chopped up fruit in it and yeah. the straw he wasn't thinking they weren't thinking about it they just jump it down there so there's a straw hanging out of the drain with you know a cherry and whatever mixed <laughs> fucking <laughs> agua fresca agua fresca they got up in there and and it's uh... funny because it was just like a an oversight and we, we 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 walk around and then the health inspector's like yeah this is completely unacceptable i'm like what yeah and I go over and I see the hand sink and there's the, you know, the cherry floating with the straw sticking out the, the drain. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, uh, you know what? I am so sorry. Some, so I'm like, somebody just poured this in here. Can I get, can I get a green card? Can I get a, get out of jail free card? I'm like, you can still see the ice cubes. Look, yeah. she, and then, and then it's funny. Cause she's like, well, so I'm assuming. And then like, you know, uh, they, you know, that you could see in the trash can where there was a deli cup, it didn't have a lid. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, I see what happened here. And then so, you know, it was like a, a honest mistake. But you know what I used to do in uh, Las Vegas, in Los Angeles, when the health department would come, I was like, yo, if you don't know what to do, if you're not going to answer my question, like I would ask specific questions that the health inspector would ask. I'm yes. like, you need to just get out of the kitchen. You just need yeah. to leave the kitchen. Exactly. They can't ask, they can't ask you, you, they can't ask you any questions if you're not in the kitchen. Yeah. Right? Like, my, my best hack was like, when the health inspector comes in, they yell into the kitchen. The fuck up. Yeah. I, I break everybody. I'm like, you're going on break. You're going on break. Fucking everybody yeah. out. It's just me and like maybe the yep. kitchen manager and we, we will hold Yeah, you keep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Like I, what I realized is after they, the health inspector started getting smart, they're like, okay, well, how long can this stay on the on the room temperature? And then that's another thing. Anything that was on the table, like, let's be honest, bro. I'm not putting tomatoes in the fridge. Okay, health inspector. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Right. Or like you, lemons and limes. It's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And I know what they're saying and I completely get it. But um, what I used to say is everything on the tabletop, throw in the garbage. They yes. do not question anything in the trash. I don't care about the money. Throw in the garbage yeah. because it's not worth the ding. Right. And uh, and it's funny, funny story here, man. Wolfgang Puck got so mad at me. Right. Because he's like, don't throw it away. And I'm like, chef, it is lukewarm right now. Yeah. So basically we used to have we used to have bolo bolognese on the on the stove, but not mm. it wasn't hot. It was room temperature. So that way when we go to pick up the pasta, right? It, it's, it's, it's pliable. It's not a yeah, brick. Yeah. You know what I'm Correct. saying? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about, but we mm. wouldn't pull out. We would only pull out a six pan at a time. Let it come, you know, mm. let it come to room temp. And then, you know, after lunch, it's gone, right? It's gone. It's not even, it's not even a problem. Mm. And, uh, you know, but Hey, if a health inspector tempts this dude, you're fucked. You're, you're fucked. fucked. Yeah. 
It's a point and a yes. half, I think. And so, uh, yep, everything, oh, everything, yeah. everything on the tabletop, everything, everything, even in the, even in the top, the region, dude, gone, yeah. gone. Out. Because uh, sometimes the temp, the temp wouldn't be like a hundred percent. And, mm. uh, and it was funny because I, yeah, Wolfgang was like, don't the way it's fine. He's just checking. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, chef, you're not, I understand chef. I love you, but you're not going to protect me when they give me a B, <laughs> right? You are yeah. not going to protect me and you're not going to be happy. And I'm like, trust me, let me do this. I know how to, I know yeah. how to manage this. I got this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. But, um, yeah, anytime health inspector come through and I used to train and here's the thing. I took the time to train the staff, you know, yeah. on health inspector stuff. And you know what? The thing is, is, you know, you can do, you can do all that, but some people just freeze and freak out. Correct. Yeah. Right. That that's what happens. There's no other way to put it. For me, I'm super confident and I'm and I know what I'm doing. So I have no problem answering questions and also, mm -hmm. you know, taking them for the tour to tour to kitchen. But I will I will be honest, some cooks fucked it up, right? They're asking they're asking specific specific questions mm -hmm. about like, you know, okay, what if you have uh cold symptoms? What if you have diarrhea? Blah blah blah. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to tell your manager. Like they're asking straight questions. Like yeah, is man. this a food foodborne illness? And like Dude, I totally get it. And some some people, hey, just can't do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. get out. Yeah, I'll see you. Hey, go go take a go take Fuck a lap, my here. guy. Go take a lap. See it. See you in a minute. Like, don't dude. They can't ask uh, you outside the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Some people are just that's just how it works. My biggest ding is front house. They would always ask him about hand hand washing procedures, and they would just wash yeah. and They won't even fucking like from afar. They're like, that's not 20 seconds. And I'm like, fuck, bro. Can we just like, can we yeah. get on the program? Did, didn't somebody just yell in health inspectors here? Like, did we not just understand yeah. that? Um, I would always get dinged. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, God, can we? And we, I yeah. can't cut, I can't cut front house. So like, you know what? Can't. So you know what? You know what, Casey? You know what was my biggest um, success is um, having a false health inspection, right? Um, so- yeah, I would once a month. I would have you know we would have somebody. It wasn't a corporate position. We would just have somebody show up with a uh, you know like pretending it was a health inspection, right? Yeah. So the first thing that first thing that needs to happen is the chef needs to be alerted, right? And I'm not gonna lie, we completely stopped service. Like I didn't care because the problem is when you it doesn't matter. Like all you need is 15 minutes stop service for 15 minutes yeah 20 minutes and i remember the i remember one time the hotel manager got mad at me and i remember one time one man, other manager got mad at me and i'm like dude tell the guest i will go out there right now and i'm like hey listen yeah. we're going through a health inspection right now just you know bear with me i would you know give chips or whatever of course but um because here's the thing what people don't realize is like you that's when you get crushed yeah when they're absolutely. watching the cooks cook because let's be honest you know, Dumb shit. not doing one task. They're not doing one task at a time. Like, you know, they're yeah. like, we're cooks are doing multiple tasks at a time. They're not going to wash their hands in between. They're not going to change their gloves in between. Yeah. Right. And that's why I was really happy when they made that rule that you just have to change your gloves after four yeah. hours. Right. Mm. And, you know, I was really happy about that. But like, you know, because in, in Vegas, man, like it, it was so strict where like you had to change your gloves after every task. Yeah. And it so to change to take off your gloves wash your hands dry your hands then put on another pair of gloves come mm. on bro yeah come on. unlikely cool yeah in your um in but, your county do you guys have to use colored um colored cutting boards um not here in san francisco i'm not sure but um 
you know, back in LA, we used to be in Las Vegas. We used to just to be safe. We would only use Got green it. for vegetables. Mm. We had green for vegetables and uh, for meat and uh, sorry, meat red and then um, yellow for chicken. But in mm. all honesty, we kept all of the raw product cornered off to one spot and it was like a butcher spot. Yeah, right? yeah. it's like and done over I, there, et cetera. Yeah, over there away from everything, because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't trust anybody. You know what I'm saying? And we had, it was like a quarantine spot. Like, hey, no, all the raw mm. protein stays over here. That's it. There's no, I don't want to see any fish over here. I don't want to, yeah. unless it was like a, yeah. And that's, you know, and I think that's important. I think that's important to take in consideration. Like nowadays there's not, there's not really a butcher spot anymore, but um, mm. you know, because everything comes already prefab, you can get everything prefab, you know, um, yeah. including fish. Like, you know, um, the thing is, is like, I think what's that is the biggest thing of cross-contamination. That's why I highly recommend, um, for operations to have like big operations to have a butcher, somebody who just focuses on the meat yeah. because meat and fish and, and chicken, because then, you know, it's like, there's no, there's no chance of cross-contamination, you know? Mm. I'm that, I'm that guy currently at the restaurant, I'm the poissonier yeah. and the, uh, the saucier yeah, yeah, for the restaurant. Yeah, I know. He, you know, the problem is, is with a lot of restaurants, they have the management, uh, the sous chefs and chefs, um, you know, taking care of the proteins. And, you know, I'm highly against, I'm highly against that. And the reason is, mm. is because I look at the budget. And then if you look at your time and it's like, what are you spending your time doing? Good example, that YouTube video that just went up of Coat in uh, New York City. Oh, yeah. Coat, yeah, uh, yeah. Korean mm -hmm. barbecue. Yeah, yeah. You saw it. I, dude, I love that video. But you know what I didn't love? The, the executive chef, the CDC and the executive sous chef are butchering all that meat. Yep, they're all on the main and I'm station. Like, yep. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I don't know if it's a pride thing. I don't know if it's an ownership thing. I don't know that operation. But that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Because mm. you could pay, you could pay, you know, Juanito to do that. And it, you free up, not only free up your time, you could pay a prep crew to do that. And I promise you, if I looked at that, that P&L, if I looked at that pro forma, I'm telling you, I could I'd make it work. Because where they're losing is... You know, they spend six hours, six to 10 hours, um, you know, butchering meat. By the time you get to service, listen, you're already, your battery is already 50%. And service yeah. is when you need to be like, you know, like you need 3, to 000. be. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly why servers come in at 4.30. Servers come in at 5.30, right? Yeah. That's exactly why. Like, and I think it's truly like when I change that, um, you know, when for working for Wolfgang Puck, all the sous chefs used to work stations, right? So stupid. Mm, that is and, dumb. That's and listen, I know I totally get it. But then I remember looking at the budget. I'm like, yo, this doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. I need the sous chef to be doing this. I need the sous chef to be doing this. I mm -hmm. need to be doing this, not this. Like, mm -hmm. and I think um, all chefs, if you're in new management, if you're a chef right now, don't focus on anything else except for bringing the business more money. Absolutely. Okay? I don't think you can I don't care that. what anybody says. Bro, I don't care what primo, anybody man. says. If you're a, if you are a sous chef, it's a different story. I get it. You need to learn how to be man your young management, you know. But if you're an executive chef or a chef de cuisine out there, get the fuck off of station, okay? Get mm -hmm. the fuck off. Do not hide behind the prep, okay? Because when you go to ask for a raise, I'm gonna tell you exactly what the investor is gonna say. I'm gonna tell you exactly what the ownership is gonna say. Mm -hmm. What have you done to bring me more money? Yes. When you go to ask for a raise. When you go to ask for a raise, you need to have undeniable, an undeniable yes, right? Mm -hmm. And the ways I was able to do that, and it took a long time to learn, but 
you yourself need to show how you're valuable to the operation and how you bring more business. Doesn't necessarily mean more money, but, um, and then just a pro tip here, that in, includes, I, I, you know, one, one of the low hanging fruit is increasing the check average per person, right? Mm. This could be, uh, you know, via appetizers or a couple high priced items. Um, you know, uh, what's, what's popping right now is the tomahawks, you know, listen, you're not going to make any money off tomahawk, but guess what? Yeah. It's a good showpiece. You put a $250 or sorry, $180 or $150 mm. tomahawk on somebody's check. And that increases the check average by how much? A lot. You know what I'm saying? And this is a good way. This is how you, um, you know, bring more business that, you know, that it, mm. you're not going to make money off the stake, but it increases the check average. And, you know, it shows a difference between this year versus last year, which is really mm. important. You need to show that, hey, we're making more money, right? Yeah. Maybe not more profit, but more money, right? And, and I think money. that's really important. So a good example um, that I like to use is, um, you know, when I worked at Hotel Bel Air, I would touch tables, right? So I got off the station, got off the yeah. fucking grill station, right? Put somebody else on the grill station and we factored it in. And guess what? My labor didn't change, okay? It, yeah, it didn't, it really shit. didn't, didn't flip. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not worth it. You're saving 150 bucks max mm. <laughs> per shift. And when you look at that in the bigger picture, I think it's more important for the chef of the restaurant or the chef of the cuisine to go out and touch tables and say, hey, look, this dessert's on me, right? It's going to get people yeah. to come back. Yeah. But you need to take it the next, you need to take it to the next step and say, hey, here's my business card, right? Next time you come in, this is, you know, I want you to try something new. I want you to try this. Hey, I'm working on this new dish, right? That's what the chefs need to do. Work on new mm. dishes, research and development, bring more, you know, seasonal ingredients, procuring better product. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, and I I'm telling you a lot of, they don't tell people that in the restaurant industry. What we do is we think we need to work more hours and more like slavery on the damn mm. grill station to come to save what? 50 bucks in labor. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. They're trying to chase that 0.2%. Uh, we'll, we'll cover PL at some uh, other time. I think that they're going to be going to be the most yeah. technical. It's going to be the most technical aspect of our podcast at, at one point. But like right. in my in my restaurant, I, I was like, I'm going to be allotted two hours. I'm going to walk around. This is uh, the corporate one. I'm going to be allotted two hours. I budgeted. I was going to be allotted two hours to walk around, touch tables. And then if I had the corporate, because they gave us corporate cards, I would spend like 10 or 15 bucks on whatever the fuck small app that he just... Come in, it's like, hey, uh, yeah. this on me. Please come back. Mention me by name next time, by the way, and maybe we can yes. we can do a little something. But that was, yeah, I think that blew blew their brains how why I wanted to do that. I was like, I ah, this, yeah. I think this will increase in value. I I just don't think you guys understand what that concept is just right now. But yeah, man, I'm all for it. I if I could budget it out, cause I mean, currently right now, I, we're stuck in the. I'm currently on on the stovetop, but eventually yeah. when we get one more cook, I'll be out. I'm like literally on the tables. Yeah. How was that meal? How was that? Is that great? Yeah. Man, because, this is because unfortunately, season. yeah, because unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately for that sixth or seventh hour, you need to focus on cooking. You can't do anything else. You have to focus on the station. Oh, our I'm product salty. is intangible. Therefore we have to market the experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, dude, I can't, I can't even tell you, man. I, you know, and it took me forever to learn that. It wasn't until Wolfgang Puck was the one who told me. Wolfgang Puck was like, you should be out of the table. You shouldn't be here. Yeah. Like I was doing, I was in a hotel meeting and uh, you know how hotel meetings are. They're ridiculous. Stupid. They really and, are. Uh, you know, when they, when, when the finance team and banquet supervisor, when they fucking leave at 4.30 on a Friday, I'm just getting ready for service. 
But um, I remember looking was like, you you should be talking about the food out in the dining room. I'm like, you know, you're right. And uh, I think that's really important, man. Very important. Yeah. But again, like I said, upcoming podcast when we actually break down the P&L. I think I still have a couple saved up for my other one. I think I can show that one. But I I have to scrunch through the stuff. But like understanding what that is, this is like level two shit. And this is what you're going to be. This is what's going to be on your lap as soon as you take that sous chef yeah. position, uh, exec or CDC. This is like your bread and butter, how we can increase that bottom line. Anyway, one more topic. Yeah. Um, American food, Brandon, how do you feel about this? Um, yeah. What is quintessential so, American to you? So you know what? Listen, I, I, that's actually a great point. And I truly believe that America, America has a special thing called barbecue. Yeah. Real barbecue, though. Okay, yes. I'm talking about real barbecue, and I have a deep passion for, and I'm barbecuing today. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and here's the thing: I'm not going to get into the the. We should, but the pellet smoker first, the stick burner, like the stick <laughs> yeah. smoke, you know, like solid fuel. I'm not going to get into that, man. I don't know how people get into like freaking wars on TikTok over that. And I'm like, listen, in all honesty, the convenience of the pellet grill. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, it depends on who you're feeding. Now, if I was in a barbecue restaurant and I say I'm a traditional barbecue restaurant, then yes, I wouldn't be using a pellet smoker. But honestly, mm. I'm gonna have both at some point. I'm gonna have a stick burner, I'm gonna have a pellet grill. But mm. anyway, needless to say, the only other type of uh, American cuisine that I think is true to us is Cajun. Cajun Creole cuisine. Yes. So barbecue, like real barbecue, mm. we can call ourselves. That's American cuisine. I don't care what anybody says. Now, that's not to compare with cooking over fire, okay? Technically it is, but I'm talking about barbecue, like ribs brisket uh you know mac and cheese yeah bar yeah exactly barbecue is not a salad. yeah you know what i agree with you salty chef and uh you know i think like a deep down in my heart i have a i have a deep passion for real barbecue and mm. um i think um over over time it's kind of been bastardized just like everything else but that is something that is we can call american now oh that is not definitely. That is not con- to be confused with like the Argentinian way of cooking with live fire, right? Mm. We're not we're not talking about we're not talking about that. Like, I think a lot of people get that upset, right? But um, and then Cajun Cajun food, right? Cajun Creole, uh, mm. down south food, right? Now that's one section, and then you have like Southern food, right? Southern like food, um, exactly. You know, uh, grits, like, like um, it, cornbread, like you know, no. like um, y- yep, grits, cornbread. Um, you know, beans, like black eyed peas, things like mm. that, like Southern food, Southern food, and then Cajun food, Creole food. I think that's definitely, you can't even tell mm. me it's not American food. Yep. That's all American right there. Yeah. Oh. And then like, there's some, there's some like other things like, you know, you can go to different regions, but the thing, the truth of the matter is, is American food is also considered like fast food, right? Yeah. Like if you say like, you know, when you think of like McDonald's and, you know, Burger King, you mm. kind of think of American food and it's kind of sad, but at the same time, listen, man, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, ultimately, right. You can, you know, you can say that, um, you know, yes, it kind of was developed in America, but you know, mm. I just, I just focus on what I think is true American cuisine being an American. Right. Yeah. And that for me is barbecue Cajun and Southern food. Hey, preach just um just no okra fyi just um oh you know what you know oh omit of, that. i got some okra i'm gonna try omit that from my fucking my diet right 
I got, really? I, got some, I got some okra in my fridge. Yes, I'm gonna try two recipes. I'm gonna try two recipes. Okay. Um, yeah. two, two, two recommendations. One of them is, um, we'll see Golden Gully. He gave me a recipe for, uh, for a Pakistani style okra. And okay. um, another one is a dry, like a dry fried okra, which I'm gonna try. But mm. you, know, you know, I'm, I'm gonna see. This okra that I have is a really good quality. Um, okra in season right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it, right? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people to like just shut off everything. If you give me a good recipe and it and it works, but I know, but as a chef, I kind of know exactly how it's gonna come out. <laughs> like, it's gonna come out like boogers. That's what the fuck you're gonna experience. Yeah, man. Bro. Right now. Hey, I can't wait. And now, now here's the thing. I remember saying this, and I remember uh, replying to a comment. Um, I had pickled okra, okay. and but like, here's the thing. I'm not like, yeah, I was like, oh my God, it's actually edible. But I'm not going to like, if we had a barbecue and there's a jar of pickled okra and there's a regular jar of pickles or cucumbers or lacto fermented carrot or fennel, dog, I'm not going to pick the okra. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll just leave the okra. Fuck that. I'm not going to, no, you know, I'll move on. You know, it's like, you know, that's the thing. Like, if you, if you go and you see Matt, you see, a beautiful crusty hot macaroni and cheese and then you see macaroni and cheese salad you know like a cold macaroni and cheese salad you're gonna go for the hot mac bro you're yeah, gonna go for the hot time mac. you know the it's time. the same same kind of principle yeah i probably pick up the okra and throw it away without telling anybody just fyi <laughs> i'm telling you right now don't, yeah. don't fucking don't fucking give me okra yeah. i will i will murder you <laughs> yeah i just I hate had, it i really hate I forgot it the, you, you know what I forgot to say that I remember I had a sous chef uh, trying to change my mind too. And he actually made a, he had okra, fried okra, but he treated it like, um, like fried chicken and he used a okay. cornmeal batter. And, but just like I told him, I'm like, yeah, this tastes great. You know what? It tastes like the skin of like, it tastes like fried, like the, just the batter. Like you can't taste the okra at it all. It's like fried you know, cornbread. It's so heavily battered. <laughs> yeah. It's so heavily. Yeah, exactly. It's so heavily battered in hot sauce, buttermilk and, you know, double dip, like you can't even mm. taste the vegetable, so it's fine. Oh but I'm like, goodness. you can't consider this uh, a win, right? No, I really. Well, that just kind of brings us right into overrated and underrated. Brandon, how do you feel about yeah, pickling? Um, what? How do you feel about pickling? Pickling methods. Oh, pickling. Pickling, pickling in general. It. Listen, I wasn't really into it until I started working at Saison, and we fermented and lacto fermented everything, dude. Mm -hmm. Everything. And I gotta be honest, I you know I think what's really important is educating yourself. But I actually I absolutely love pickling. Actually, there's a book. It's called um, the Japanese Way of Fermenting. And I, I shoot, I wish I had I have it behind me. But mm. you know, if anybody's gonna get into pickling, I really highly suggest getting this book. Mm. And here's the other thing. Um, I'm gonna be honest. What's really important is if you're gonna lacto ferment. And I, I truly believe this. Uh, if you're using vegetables that have a high water content, okay, i.e., um, you know, uh, fennel, peppers, um, zucchini, or whatever, cucumbers, do not add the two percent brine. Okay, mm -hmm. take the weight of the vegetables, then you add two percent salt to that weight of vegetables, and let the natural juice come out, and yes. then. Whatever juice you don't get after you know four to five hours, then you add your two two percent brine to just cover. I think mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of things like we we did a lot of research and development at Saison. So a good example right. is when we go to make a hot sauce, um, and this is a pro tip here. A lot of people would take the vegetable raw vegetable and then the two percent brine. They combine the two. Mm -hmm. I highly advise against that. You will develop more flavor if you take the weight of the vegetables then you add the salt directly, no water, 
Mm. then let the natural water come out of the vegetable because you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at the flavor that comes out of raw onion, the flavor mm. that comes out of cucumber, the flavor that comes out of watermelon rinds, the flavor that comes out of fennel, peppers, um, the natural juice that comes out of them mm. from the salt. It's a game changer. So that's my only advice is do that. I have a YouTube video on it when I made some uh, hot sauce for chicken wings, but mm. um, you know, I think it's very, I think it's, it's so easy once you learn how to do it, especially making things like kimchi and sauerkraut, mm. super easy. Just needs just needs to be in a controlled environment. Yeah. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's definitely underrated and um, definitely underrated. For, my um, for sure. My, my bread and butter in cooking is pickling. Uh, Asian descent. Yeah. We pickle the fuck out of yep. everything. Um, I salt. Yeah. I salt yeah. blanch everything. I have a video right now on my TikTok where I do the same preparation for my vegetables for my soba dish. I salt it, nice. let, let all, all the stuff come out, and then I go ahead and garnish and add it into it. But it's um it's a process that I think not a lot of people know of, um, especially yeah. you okay. know, it's, it's you, such a what, question. And you know what? And you know what? I love using. I think my favorite vinegar to use. What's your favorite vinegar to use for pickling? Rice wine vinegar. Yeah, me too, man. I got. I it's, was gonna say it's just it's Bro. so perfect. Like it's just amazing. I, I don't even it care is, about dude. anything else. I, I hate to say it, but like we, so we messed around and like we were, we were making our own champagne vinegar. We made our mm. own apple cider vinegar. I made my own white wine vinegar. And listen, this all, this is all good, but I'll tell you what, man, rice wine vinegar is just does the trick for me, man. It's so well balanced. Mm. So well, like, you know, it's just, it's a really good, and, and, and here's the thing. What I didn't know is, is like, uh, you know, that vinegar can actually stop the fermentation process uh, when mm. you're lacto fermenting, which I think is, is is another pro tip. Like people put their pickles in the fridge. No, you don't have to. You could just add, um, you know, I, I don't know the technical terms, so don't come after me, but like, um, you know, I don't know if it's the pH or the alkaline level. I forgot. You want to, to lower the, I remember the water you, level, the pH level. Yeah. I, okay. Mm. That's, that's what it is by adding vinegar and then you can leave it room temp and you don't have to, but I, I'll tell you what I, I, you know, Casey, I really want to do, I do really want to get back into that because sometimes, um, you know, in California here, we have farmers that have a surplus of shit. They have surpluses and they want to mm. get rid of it. And I love eating pickled vegetables as a side. Yeah. You know, me too. Pickled daikon. Dude, I got a, I got a bomb pickled daikon recipe. Ooh. Ooh. Sounds Ew, delicious already. So good. I tell my, it's on my, you say pickles. I'm there. Yeah, and I love, but you're right. I love pickles. Okay, next question. Sorry, I'm getting love pickles. All no, no, no. I, I'm all with you. Like I said, uh, yo, I, I always, as chefs, always as chefs, rice wine. dude, as chefs, we just go down the rabbit hole of like, oh man, that would be good. That would be good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. Okay, um, overrated, underrated, micromanaging. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure you've been under okay. under this um, in many forms or whatever. I've it's my most hated thing ever because I I think yeah. you should just give the opportunity. To the person, keep them accountable. But how do you feel about this? Let's let's yep. take it into perspective. Micromanaging from yeah. a chef perspective, like so, this is so, your exec, yeah, pounding at you. Yeah, I think micromanaging is overrated. And I'm gonna be honest. I think nowadays, I think it's counterintuitive. And I think the thing is, is you have to let people fail to succeed. Okay, yes. in a controlled environment. And what I've learned is, you know, uh, the trust is up front. Okay. So you set the expectation and the pr problem is, is not all humans will meet that expectation because we, we, as humans, we love to shortcut. We love to do things like I totally wrapped my head around this when I had children. Okay. <laughs> my son is five. My son is five. And let me tell you something. He'll try to slide it by me. 
you know? But the thing is, is I actually love it. I love it when he fucks up, excuse my language, but I love mm. it when he, because it gives me an opportunity to teach him a lesson. And the, the, the best part about it is, is like, okay, good example, take your shoes off before you, when your shoes have mud on them, you can't jump on the couch. You can't do this. Mm. But like, here's the thing, he, you know, he's a kid, he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. He's going to try to get away with it. It's our job to let it happen and then, then correct it because once they've already done it, then they know they're guilty when you catch them. Right. Mm. Good example. If I were to hold my kid's hand through the door with his dirty muddy shoes and tell him, Hey, take the shoes off, take the shoes off, take the shoes off. Right. He would just do it instinctively. Right. And then we would move on our day. But yeah. here's the thing. If I wasn't looking, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Now yeah. where I'm not micromanaging, let's say I, I see him. I'm like, okay, he's about to come through the door with his muddy shoes on. I could see uh -huh. it. I could see it. I let it happen. Let it happen. I say, Hey, what did daddy say? You know? And I do the same with employees. Like, Hey, what, what did you think the expectation was? And then I asked, I turned around and say, Hey, listen, I'm, you know, you're not, I'm not going to sit here and yell at you. Let's mm -hmm. talk about it. Right. And I know this sounds like a waste of time, but man, trust me, it is effective. Taking the three to five minutes out of somebody's prep day mm -hmm. really, really sets them apart. So I think it's, Definitely micromanaging is overrated. I think what is underrated is actually letting people fail, let them fail, hold them mm -hmm. accountable in a respectful way. And you will trust me, you will only have the conversation a couple times. Mm -hmm. Daddy told you to put the micro greens this way. <laughs> no, it goes this <laughs> way. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, one other thing, uh, regular produce or organic produce. Oh, a lot easy. of people, a, a lot of people don't okay. know, you know, it's just like, a, come it's on, like a let, dumb... I, let, let's get, let's top right into this controversial topic. Okay. Regular produce is underrated, bro. Organic is overrated. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to be, I am, I am 100% behind that. And listen, I, there is a lot of farmers, especially with COVID now, dude, they got rid of organic seal, but they ain't paying that shit anymore. They're like, you know what? If you don't want it, who cares? I swear to God, I saw, mm -hmm. I saw this lady fight this farmer saying, Hey, how come you're not organic anymore? Well, I can't support you if you're not organic. And <laughs> you know what? The farmer okay. was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just don't want to pay that. She's like, you're going to have to, I farm organically. You're going to have to pay $7 a pound instead of three fifty. Yeah. And people don't have money right now. It's COVID. And she's like, well, if you're not sustainable, if you're not organic, I can't purchase me. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, yes, listen, I'm a chef. I'm a chef and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you can do whatever you want, but here, let, let me, let me show you how to see if the produce, if the, if you know the farmer, it's a different, if it's a different story, man. Yes. yes All yes. you have to do. Okay. Here, here we go. Cause now you, you got to you <laughs> heat it I up. That's your wild up. <laughs> when, when you go to whole foods and you, you go to the organic section, you're going to see that it's from Mexico, it's from Canada. It's from Chile. It's from Argentina. Yeah. You know why? Because they're USDA organic regulations. No bueno. You don't Correct. know their regulations. Matter of fact, it's not as strict as USD, USDA organic, right? US. Mm -hmm. Now, when you, when I go to the farmer's market and I see like Asian farmers, especially they have, you know, they have all the Chinese vegetables, bro. They, mm -hmm. they farm organically. Yeah. You know, they just don't have the seal because it's not worth the money. And I totally get it. And here's the thing you, this is how, you know, like, Hey, what do you, this is what you have to ask the farmer. What do you use for weeds? What do you use to kill weeds? And they have two options. 
they either use you know pesticide or not pesticide i'm sorry they use you they either use weed killer or they pluck by hand right mm. organically you pluck by hand now what do you use for pest control you want the farmer to say ladybugs okay that's what you want them to say but if you go to the produce and you see tiny little holes in the greens from the like especially on bok choy or any cabbages listen mm. to say it i wouldn't serve i wouldn't like you know in a restaurant it's not really um ideal but this is a good sign that means the bugs are eating the produce which means there's yeah. no pesticides correct i think that's really important to, to take in consideration and um yeah organic is overrated i think it's much better to know your local farmer and have a conversation with them mm. bottom line bottom line we don't buy organic never had um i will always personally yeah. i because so here's the the biggest learning curve um when my wife and i got married she would often you know, like oh why don't we go to whole foods I'm like, babe, you can get the exact same thing, quality, from fucking like a local farm. But you just need to know how to look for this stuff. So it's been a lifelong. Yeah. It will be a, not a. I'm saying like she's dead. Yeah. It's a lifelong procedure. Um, how to tell my wife how to pick the best produce from a regular market. Yeah. Um, you do not need organic. You just need to be able to pick out. You don't. Correctly. You don't. And and, and like here, here's a good example. I'll leave, and I'll, I'll finish on this. Um, there's a farm in, um, in, uh, it's close to LA. It's called Pudwell farms. Okay? okay. And I, Pudwell berries, they're really good, but they're not organic, but they're really good. And, um, you know, I remember having a conversation with him and it was funny because, you know, a lot of people give him shit for not being organic, but you know how hard it is to make consistent berries organic and not yeah. lose your crop mm -hmm. to bugs and birds and all this. And so, and he's, he's like, you know what, you, what people don't realize is Driscoll's organic you know, they use more organic pesticides because the pesticide is organic, right? And, yeah. you know, it's so they have to use more because it's not as strong. And with him, he just sprays ever so gently, right? Where mm -hmm. like not just under where the bush is, like under the root, just as a deterrent mm -hmm. for, you know, rodents and bugs to mm -hmm. get on the actual um, plant. And the thing is, is like, you know, I totally agree with him. And I'm like, listen, and he's like, listen, we harvest fresh. You know, this is what we do. It is mm -hmm. safe to eat. You know, we're not, we're, it's ridiculous to charge. Okay. So he charges $4 a basket. Whereas if it was organic, it would be double the price. Yeah. Seven or $8 Easy. a basket, Easy. my guy. A basket. Easy. Um, yeah. We're not trying so to trash Driscoll. People... FYI, we're not trying to trash yeah. Driscoll, but um, don't buy from Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm actually, here's the thing. I'm in, I'm close to Watsonville. So I actually okay. get the creme de la creme Driscoll. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I get the really good. Yeah. So Watsonville is really close to me. It's literally 40 minutes away. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, they have a big facility, but they're smart. So they started greenhousing their uh, berries. Total mm. smart. That's why that's why their berries are, you know, they're consistent. They suck, but they're consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you for saying yeah. that. They always suck. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they well, they're, they're only good two times a year. And that's summer. That's uh, summer and uh, uh, like uh, late spring. So late spring and, and summer is when their berries are really good because of the climate. But then after that, they're, dude, they are not sweet at all. They suck. Mm -hmm. um, so just go FYI, if you want to sponsor us, um, just to let you know, we love you nah, so much. I wouldn't do it. I had to do a dinner. We had, I had to do a dinner when working for Wolfgang. I had to do a dinner with them. Oh, they were raving Ooh. about their berries, man. They were raving. They were like, we have the most consistent best berry on the market, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh -huh. bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Dude, Harry's Berry Strawberries in Oxnard, California. Mm -hmm. 
Harry, if you ever have a chance, Harry's Berry Strawberries, if you could ever get them, I know they went, they started going to the East Coast, but mm. if you could ever get them, I'm telling you, they will, you will not taste a better berry. I don't give a fuck. Wow. Who I've never tasted a better. Yeah. I've never wow. tasted a better berry. They do such a good job. They're really good. I'll we send get you the ours, link. Um, yeah, thank you. We get ours from Pennsylvania. We get most of our uh, produce. Because um, it's just like, what am I supposed to like? Instead of Jersey, Jersey tomatoes will always be better in Jersey because when they're in season, can't top it. Yeah. All the berries, yeah. any other produce, literally Pennsylvania or uh, California, because like it just, it's not, yeah. it's just that's, not good. Dude, that's my, that's, dude, that's what I told my wife. I'm like, I'm scared to move out of California just because of the access of fruits and vegetables that we have yeah, here. Yeah, you guys are so good on that side, dude. man. Bro, no, you have like, you literally have no idea. LA or SF, man, I don't care mm. what anybody says. California is what supplies the whole United States. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, I've, dude, there's a place called Andy's Orchard. I'll send you the link. Andy's Orchard, dude, the stone fruit there, dude. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you right now, it's fucking, it's not just delicious, it's mm. fucking magical. you know why it is i've been i've been to the orchard and Mm. it's because they they pick it they they only pick it when it's ripe off the tree so it's tree ripe a lot a lot of these companies are are harvesting way too early they ship it you know Mm. you know the fruit is not in its full flavor and um it ends up going bad before and it's still hard it ends up getting soft Mm. spots because it's still and it's still hard but once you pull the once you pull the tree or the fruit from the tree you want to cut like one or two days sitting room temperature and then boom, mm. it's ready to eat. And what's happening is people are harvesting way too early and then shipping. Yeah. And then once you put it in the, once you put it in a cold environment, it completely stops the fruit from ripening. Mm. You know, it's just, it is what it is, but a lot of people are okay with accepting uh subpar quality. So that's what happened. <laughs> it is what Driscoll, it is. Driscoll, again, if you guys want to support, absolutely. Um, we love you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm not, dude. I'm not gonna hate on Driscoll, man. Honestly, no, we're not hating. I'll be honest. Driscoll. My kids, no, my kids love. Uh, I get strawberries from the farmers market every week, and I'll be honest, man. When I'm, when you know, if I don't have time to go to the farmers, then I'm just, you know, I'm at Costco. I'll just grab a, a clamshell yeah. of Driscolls. But here's the thing: my five year old son, he knows. He's like, Daddy, these aren't, these aren't good. These strawberries aren't oh, good. I'm like, yeah, even the right, kid, bro. even the little I'm mini like, chef is the, like, get out of here. Yeah, he's like, he's like, bro, these aren't good. And I got, I gotta admit, like, you know, they're really not that big of a difference in price. So mm. for, um, for the Driscoll, for the amount I get from the farmer's market, mm. they're literally, it's literally about three to $4 off. Right. So mm. it's three or $4 for the better quality and the strawberries from the market are I know. beautiful. Dude, uh, they're well, really good. Like I said, uh, we, that's what we need to spend our time with procuring better products, um, increasing yeah. processes, um, driving business. Um, that is, that is our main goal as chefs. This is. Again, again, yeah. I keep saying this is like level two, level three shit, you know, like uh, in terms yeah. of management. Um, but yep. yeah, nothing too crazy. That is our overrated, underrated. Uh, I just want to thank Brandon again for taking the time today. Uh, you can catch him all at TikTok yep. as Chef Authorized and on YouTube, Brandon Bearden. Yep. Um, I'll make sure all the links are down below. But you can catch the podcast at Chef Salty Pork Podcast everywhere streaming. The video format, obviously, on our YouTube at Chef Salty Pork. Other than that, Peace.